a, a lot, you just hit on a, a very important point. A lot of people say, well, what's ROI? We always think of ROI in dollars. Well, there's an emotional ROI to everything you do. And so if you can reduce your emotional or increase your emotional ROI and have more capacity for your family, what's that value? Like for me, that's worth a lot of money. You're an inspiration to our entire organization. Welcome to the Gym Marketing May Simple Podcast. We're going to be talking the done-for-you marketing and sales strategies proven to work with boutique fitness gyms to increase quality lead flow and grow your revenue. Don't try to be a professional marketer and waste tons of money. Let the experts at Lasso do it for you. And now, here are your hosts, Blake Ruff and Sherman Merritt. All right, guys, welcome to the Gym Marketing Made Simple podcast. Uh, this is Sherman, and we have Blake of, on here, of course. Today, we have a special guest, our guy, Scott Ramage. Scott, thanks for taking the time to uh, hang out with us today. Thank you, guys. It's been, it's been fun talking with you a lot over the last few weeks. Uh, you guys are doing good work. Yeah, man, we're, I mean, we're definitely trying to, um, you know, it is... Uh, <laughs> You know, for us, it's definitely always good to work with great people. And you're a great person. So it, it just makes it easy, right? Like, you know, I, I think that, you know, looking back over all this time, we've known each other, you know, we've worked together in a couple instances and it's always been good, right? So when we were looking for someone to help us with our podcast, it was sort of a no brainer, right? Like, where are we going? Oh, I'm going to reach out to Scott first. Um, and me personally, with me being a salesman, right? If you didn't know that, I like to sell stuff. Like it just, just the way I'm wired. Um, when I reached out to you for help, you actually helped me. You didn't try to sell me anything. You didn't say, hey, Sherman, I do this podcast thing. As if I didn't know, you were just like, oh, this is what you can do. Like that was sort of a test and you passed. Because had you tried to sell me, <laughs> I might have, uh, I wouldn't have liked that, Scott. Yeah, you know. You know this, but if we're we're authentic and we come from a place of help, we I just want to help. If there's a way I can help, I'm going to help. If there's not, I want you to go away with a really good feeling inside so that you are like, hey, that's Scott guy. When podcasts come on top of your mind, that's Scott guy. He was really cool. And so like I have to pump myself up before every call is like, Scott, you're just here to help. The outcome will be the outcome. And that's what it is. I think that's what makes a good sales person because I'm not wired for sales to tell you the truth. It's it's a stretch for me. And and sometimes I tell somebody and today just an example of this. And I know we'll go on another topic. But today I had a guy hop on a podcast and or not, excuse me, on a sales call. And it was literally very obvious at the beginning that he didn't want what I had. Yeah. And so I'm like, well, let's just talk about business. And we talked about business for like 20 minutes. And he said, wow, you know what? I have about 20 people I can refer to you today. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, right, right on. Let's go. And that's just because I think I kind of gave up that I need to close this sale and had more of, I need to, I need to leave a lasting impression with someone. So I'm glad to get that feedback from you. Thank you very much. And it's weird. Speaking of that, it's weird. I've worked with both of you in totally different circumstances over like what, like six yeah. years, and and here we are, full circle, back in a, in a totally different um, scenario. So it's that's fun. yeah, no, it's great. Been watching you guys do your thing too. Yeah, no, for sure, man. I I think that you know, again, good people know good people, right? So we all sort of, you know, this is a small sort of fishbowl, 
if we're talking about the gym community that we're in, right, it's a small fishbowl. So, you know, I think if you do the right things, um, no matter what someone says or tries to do to you, like the cream always rises to the top, like Glassman says. And I think this is where, you know, we've been in this space for a long time in this gym space. So, um, yeah, I'm excited to chat with you today. So, you know, one of the first things I want to talk about, <laughs> because I'm addicted to it, this is sort of off topic. I didn't know that you snowboarded. I just, oh, dude. I just went snowboarding last year for the first time. Um, and you can imagine I was there for like five days. So four days were absolutely brutal. I got killed, but on day five, though, Scott, something clicked. And now I'm a snowboarder. Like I am a snow. You can't tell me anything. I'm a snowboarder. That's rad. Where did you go? Ah, uh, uh, Steamboat, Colorado. What's Steamboat, Colorado? Oh my God. Whoa, you started right. Yeah, like, I'm going to age myself here. I started snowboarding in 1986. And uh, yeah, sixth grade. So yes, I'm 50 years old, everybody. But (laughs) sixth grade, I stepped foot on a board. Uh, It was very, very early in the sport. And I have been uh, just, it, it just came natural to me. It was kind of always a board sport guy. So it came natural to me. And um, a few years ago, I jumped back on the on the snow, and I jumped on the snowboard. And I was teaching my sons. I'm like, "This is so fun! It's so easy!" And they had a blast. So the next day, I'm I'm gonna try skiing. Never had tried skiing, and uh, I started hitting the mountain in '86 and never tried it. Rented a pair of skis, and uh, it was a blast. It was crazy. It was hmm. it, but it was so much easier to learn. Yeah. So much easier to learn. Maybe it's because I knew how to snowboard already, but man, I'm pumped to hear you well, doing that. That's, that's well, awesome. so here's the thing now, because you know there's a whole culture to this snowboard and skiing thing, right? <laughs> so so everyone told me, yeah. hey, whatever you learn how to do first, that's probably what you're going to stick with, especially at your age. I'm 40. They're like, you're not going to be jumping back and forth. So I was like, well, strictly off of aesthetics, I'm snowboarding. I want to be on a board. I don't want to be on a freaking skis. So everyone was like, hey, but listen, snowboarding is very, very difficult to learn but easier to master skiing is easier to learn, but very difficult to master. So that makes sense that you're saying like, Oh yeah, I got up on the skis. It wasn't that bad because like getting up and skiing is not that hard, but to become a great skier, you got to spend, you got to spend a ton of time on it. And so for me, finally getting up on the board last year, like I said, yes, I got beat like a baby seal for four days, but (laughs) by day five, Oh my God. You couldn't tell me I wasn't the black Sean white out there. You couldn't tell me that. Like you couldn't tell me that. (laughs) That's rad. I, I love it, man. And it is, it is so brutal. Like you just fall flat on your face. Like, and it's not just a fall. It's when you catch your edge and it, it almost is like you're attached to a a resistance band, but it's pulling on you and you just smack right into the ground. Listen, like, you know, like I've competed in CrossFit regionals, the games, all that stuff. Nothing. Learning to snowboard was the hardest thing I've done. I played college basketball. The the hardest thing I've done physically was those four days learning how to snowboard by far. Did you have a coach? Did you, Um, I took a private lesson day one. That's it. Took a private des- Way to took go, a man. private lesson day one for like eight hours. I was beat that day. I was thinking like, oh, but like I knew at the end of that day, I was like, oh, I'm going to get beat up for the rest of this time because that private lesson definitely helped, gave me a ton of confidence, but obviously you're not proficient in 
Uh, but but isn't that a great testament into everything? Because I bet if you hadn't have taken that private lesson for that first day, day five, you would have still been like, I hate oh, this sport. It just beat me up the whole oh, time. Oh, I'm already talking about this year when I go back. I'm going to take a refresher. I'm going to take a private lesson again, yep. even though I don't necessarily, quote unquote, need it. But I want to be better and I want to get better at the sports. So I'm going to take a private lesson and then Dude, hopefully don't get. We need coaches at everything. Hopefully we do. I don't get everything beat we do the same way for four yeah. days again. But um, but yeah, let's jump into it. All right, Scott. So look, listen. Here's the big thing. I know that you know over the course of time, last few years specifically, you were big into sort of the VAs thing, right? I had never, me yeah. personally, I had never really heard of VAs, really, right? Like it was okay. What is this? Someone works for me. They're, they'll do whatever and they, how does it work? So I sort of stayed in the background and then it starts coming up more and more. And I started researching then figure out more guys that are closer to me starting to do it. So how did you sort of get into that space just in the first place? Podcasting <laughs> <laughs> straight up podcasting. Uh, Josh, Josh Price and I started the brotherhood of fatherhood podcast and I was doing all the editing. I'm like, this sucks. I don't want to do this stuff. I love the podcasting part of it, but I hate the the doing, the the editing and the posting. And I had done it all for a few episodes, and then I paid somebody, and then I read up about um, VAs. Here's the funny thing. I was so busy because I was working for Level Method at the time, and mm -hmm. I was – I, I was the guy that just kept working and doing more and more and more and more. So my job just kept getting bigger and bigger. And that was my fault. And Nathan holidays, the part owner of that. And he got on the phone with me one day. He's like, Scott, you need a, you need a VA. I'm like, okay. He's like, but you'll never succeed with it. You'll never have success with the VA. And I was like, what the hell dude? So really thinking back on how Nathan holiday, uh, operates if you know him that was a challenge without telling me i dare you to basically it was he was giving me a a way uh, a cheat and so i went down a wormhole learned how to hire and with i think with my teaching background as well as my psychology background like hiring is like natural for me and teaching and onboarding people's natural for me so i hired my first va and had her start editing my podcast gave her told her all the stuff that i did she started taking on started doing better then i started handing her some of my tasks for level method like i have to pull this report up every tuesday i don't want to do this anymore here you go boom started developing sops three months three full-time vas uh. like i found i found the hack and that's um and and i was actually running this mastermind for level method and I kept talking to everybody, all these business owners, these gym owners. I'm like, hey, you got to get a VA. And they're like me, like, man, I've heard about that. Everybody sucks, says it sucks. or, And I'm like, well, it's working really well for me. And finally kind of clicked. And that's where all of this started. But it was it was podcasting. Got okay, good. So, so now here's the thing. I, I want to start because I think you jogged my memory. Were you in, did you and I meet in Sweden? Man, I think I actually met you in Chicago at a two brain conference mm -hmm. uh, early on. Okay. Maybe. Okay. Maybe. Uh, uh, did, were you at the one at uh, Brian Alexander's? Yeah. Oh, gym? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, really, kind of just like a brush over meeting, but then we were, we were also in Sweden. Okay. Because that's, why I, that's yeah. why I really remember you from Sweden. Cause I, yeah. And then, so yeah, we put, because yeah, those two brain days, I was. I was super busy trying to do speeches and all that. So yeah, like you said, probably a brush over me. Yeah. But I remember in Sweden, it was a little bit slower. And, and that's what I met you with. That's right. Your wife was Correct. with you. 
That was Correct. rad. I remember yeah, yeah, that. Yeah. You guys were living it up on that trip. <laughs> we, You're doing all the cool stuff. We were. We were. We were. Um, but yeah, man. Okay. So you got into it through podcasting. Um, now, how, like, because we're, we're talking to primarily gym owners, how, how big or how small can the task be that someone can hire folks to work for them for? Cause I don't think people really know. I, I, I still don't think oh most people gosh. really understand how to utilize a VA properly. So I've gone, obviously my entire business functions around VAs and um, my newest business venture is called hire VP and v VP actually stands for virtual professional. I still have what started as VAs for gyms. We still have that service and we have their podcasting thing. Um, and, and now we have hire VP. It can go so crazy. So I'll tell a quick story and then I'll kind of share some examples. Um, I hired a high level executive assistant. What does that mean? It means someone that has a lot of experience is very, uh, integrator oriented, orientated. So I actually do assessments, find out where they're at on the integrator score. We do some other things like working genius assessment. I don't know if you're familiar with that. We use, Col we use Colby worked with Brian <laughs> I'm about to say Alexander. shout out to my man, Brian Alexander. Cause yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah no, that's been a game changer and I'll, I can explain, explain that guys, like seriously, if you need anything to do with hiring people, talk to Brian Alexander. Um, it changed the game for us. So I hired an executive assistant and literally had her shadow me for three months straight. She came on every mm. zoom meeting, every sales meeting. She, she looked at every one of my emails that came in and how I replied. She, I taught her everything. I had her create all the SOPs for everything I was doing. And then three months later, it was like, or kind of, you know, this loose, calendar. She's like, can I start taking over that email right there? When it comes in, a client wants X, Y, and Z. I'm like, sure, send me what your response would be. She'd send it to me. I'm like, I dialed. In fact, it's better than I could write it. She started taking all those. Then the next email, then the next email, then handling my calendar, then rescheduling things for me. And then me just screenshotting um, conversations and her adding them to the CRM and setting up the CRM. Right now, I tell you guys this because I heard I don't know if it's you, Sherman, or somebody talk about this in Chicago one year about passing the, the bus test. Um, but I remember it, someone was standing like, if a bus hit you today, could your business run? And I literally have one gal who I hired as an executive assistant who literally can operate my business and keep income, re the recurring income going and the customer service at the utmost level and all of the staff or all my, all my, um, VAs, which were like 80 something right now, like dialed in. She could keep everything running except for the sales part. That's it. But she could do all of the recordings of me selling, find somebody and hire them to do it. And literally I could die today and my family would still get money from this business. So that's just a, like a, a, so she can run my operations basically. And as soon as she got too full, too busy, I'm like, okay, hi, what are, what are the things you hate to do? Make sure the SOPs are dialed. She's like, I got it okay, what are the things you hate to do? We developed a job description out of it. We hired specifically for that role. Boom. Now she's running that person because she knows how to do it. Now she's got four people underneath her. I took a week off last week. I checked my email or I checked my message from her every day. That's what I did for work. We gained two clients last week uh, and increased revenue. And I was on vacation the whole week up in Montana. So that's just a picture of what a VA can do. But we hire like engineers for engineering firms. We hire uh, content creators, content strategists, blog writers, SEO um, writers, um, 
or SEO professionals, funnel builders, like the, it's crazy what we hire now. And that's why we're called virtual professionals, hire VP. So the, the VP is for professional. So really, quite honestly, the sky's the limit. The only thing they can't do is something on, 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 uh, at your feet, right? Like on your, on your turf. So customer service, and here's the thing that people are like, oh, they're, they're far away. They won't understand my culture. That's BS. Hmm. Their, their understanding of your culture is you communicating <clears throat> with them and, and involving them in the meetings and all the other things. They can be 100% on point with your business. And so really your imagination is your limitation. Yeah, I think looking back, you know, as having a gym, I always thought that like, oh, this person's never going to be doing it as well as me, which they're probably not, right? It's not going to be replacing you. But, you know, I have, well, we have a virtual assistant. She basically works with me a lot and she's in Denver, but she's, I mean, I don't know what I do without her, right? I know. And going back to your point of like, Alexander, we are like, all right, we need an assistant. We threw it out on Fiverr, had like 30 different resumes. And he's like, you can only interview these two people based on what you're looking for. So I mm -hmm. think the, you know, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. I think the main reason that it doesn't go well is because you're not finding the right person for the job, right? Like based on their skill set, you're just like, oh, this person seems like, like we do for a lot of job interviews. They just seem like a really great person. This is somebody I want to work with. And they're just not wired for it at all. Like no. oh, the, ta the task I need is somebody that can work on the back end, do the monotonous things. Oh, and it's where you're weak at a lot of times, right? Absolutely. Like for these gym owners, you got to figure out what are the things that you hate? What are the things you're amazing at? And get the stuff that you hate off your task. Well, and a lot of them will put it on a, on a trainer or someone that's doing something else. And the they'll say yes, but the chances of them hating that or not being good at it are very high. So yeah. like when we hire, of course, with the help of Brian, we use the Colby. We, we have a profile built for what's yeah. going to create. We, we find out if, they're, if, if someone comes to me and says, I want someone to literally learn everything I do, I give them assessments and then I look for the closest match possible. If they're like, I want them to do the opposite of what I do, we do the opposite. We, we give them the assessment. We hire for their deficiencies. And so what Brian did is he took this loose science that we were using and helped me dial it in. So we're using that very high-level science to make sure that this, this match is right. I just I think it's crazy. I watch people hire people, the wrong people all the time. And that's basically what we've become. We're a sta staffing agency and like a, a hiring consultant. I mean, that's it's, it's literally what we are. And um, I just, I think that's one of the biggest mistakes, Blake, is people just, oh, I like this guy. He can do yeah, this. And I get along with him, right? And so, no, yeah, knowing most of the people listen to this are like gym owners, right? So mm -hmm. give an example or some examples, you know, what are some of the main things? Because it might be something that like they're listening to this and they're like, I didn't even know that's a possibility that somebody could do that for me, right? Like, so what are some of the like the main roles that's not like a VA could do? for the gym owner um, to make their life honestly just easier. Yeah, the gym owner, it, it, that's a, it's an interesting one. Obviously we had VA for gyms, so we did a ton of it. One, we did a lot of podcasting and I can talk to you why, why that worked for people and like why it doesn't work for some people. Um, the other things that we did, a lot of the admin tasks, like pulling up your, your client reports, when's their birthday? Sending out, send out cards on their birthday, on their anniversary, on their, on their gym anniversary, all the things also notifying you of who's not been paid because sometimes 
your CRM doesn't bring that up and you've got to go find it. Collections, cancellations, anything that pulls energy from you. Uh, there was several clients. I'm like, hey, how do you feel about when you get that cancellation email? And they're like, oh my God, shoot me now. It takes me down into the dump, right? Well, mm -hmm. okay, it's inevitable. It's going to keep happening. Why are you the one dealing with it? Well, because you know I know the person. All right, well, why, what if you developed an SOP where there was a series of decisions that were made based on if then then this right and if we created that then we could get information from you there could be emails and structures in place for hey i understand that you're having some financial hardships right now we'd love keeping you in the gym would this for this amount of time help like like a decision tree where someone can actually do that and here's the thing is you're removing the emotion from it. And sometimes when we respond emotionally to, this is just one example, by the way, but when we respond emotionally to an email, we'll totally miss the point that the client was trying to say, or the members trying to say, we're like, we'll take it personal or we'll do something mm -hmm. really stupid because it's so emotional. So there's reporting, there's customer journey, just even ask your staff, what do you hate about your job? Maybe you have a front office gal and she's like, well, gosh, if I didn't have to do all these reports or do the payroll or the bookkeeping, which are all things that can be done, I could pay more attention to people walking in and they would feel more valued. I wouldn't be distracted. Think about the ROI of giving the people that are in there the freedom to do what they are absolute best at that no one else can do. And then everything else off, uh, offload. And that's where the real magic happens. We have some, we have some incredible businesses. You guys, uh, Mark Fisher, I'll drop his name. He has an incredible gym. His whole gym has staff access to, or his whole staff has access to our service. Mm. And mm. so they're all in our project management system. They're all assigning things. It's like a superpower. Like things are just coming in. Bing, 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 bing. These are things they don't want to do. And Mark beat my could think, wow, like I don't need them anymore because they're offloading all this stuff. Or he could think this is insane because they're going to perform at such a higher level now because all the things they don't like to do are off of their plate. And that's the decision he's made. And they're leveraging the crap out of our service because he's given that freedom to his staff. Yeah. I think one thing you said, because <clears throat> I remember this, the first thing I offloaded, it wasn't to a VA, but it was a staff member, is the cancellations. And it wasn't because I hated it. It was the emotional capacity it took away from me and the energy, yeah. right? It's like, oh, man, why is this person quitting? And a lot of stuff is just nothing you could control, but it, like, it weighed on me in every other area. So I think one thing for the people listening is like, hey, it may not be something you hate doing, but it's something that just absolutely drains the life out of you. And it takes you away from doing the superpowers that are actually going to grow your gym or your business. <clears throat> so I think it's those things of just doing that. Like, you know, me and Sherman have done it many times of like, you know, kind of like the heaven, hell and purgatory. Like, what are the things mm -hmm. that like lie in those areas? And whatever you just hate, you got to get off your plate because it's you don't even realize and it's going to cost you in the beginning. But after a while, you realize how it propels your b business going forward and the growth because you're actually doing stuff in the lane that you actually enjoy. And yeah. that, you know, not even the monetary value of just like how you're probably more present at home uh, with your kids and all of that stuff, how it like you're just not in a bad mood all the time because you had to read a cancellation email. A, a lot. You just hit on a, a very important point. A lot of people say, well, what's the ROI? We always think of ROI in dollars. Well, there's an emotional ROI to everything Correct. you do. And so if you can reduce your emotional or increase your emotional ROI 
and have more capacity for your family, what's that value? Is it, like for me, that's Listen, worth a lot. Scott, of like one of the like one of the wealthiest guys that I know, he was talking about selling a business or something in one of the businesses he that he owned. I was like, Why are you selling it? Is it not making money? He was like, oh, it's making plenty of money. He was like, but the emotional bank account is being drained way too much. Now he told me this year, the first time I heard, I was like, bro, what do you mean emotional bank account? Give me that, give me the money, I'll deal with it. But then now being older, more mature, I realized that <laughs> the, like the emotional piece is up there with the money piece. Like we get, you got to make money and all of that. But like, it is definitely an important thing that I think a lot of folks just look over and say, oh, just part of it. I just have to sort of put my head down and suffer through, which you do have to do that for a little while. Like, I'm not saying that, but that's not a long-term plan forever, you know? Right. And, and that is such an important point and so missed. And so that's, that's why, like, for me, for me personally in my businesses, everything has a standard standardized operating procedure everything because as soon as it starts to pull my energy because i just record myself doing it send a team that created an sop right as soon as it starts draining my energy the first thing i ask is why actually am i doing this and do i need to be doing this if the answer is you know if, if it makes sense to keep doing i will but if there's an emotional drain or a time drain i'm passing that on and to speak to something you said earlier Blake is I think I'm the best at everything until someone else takes it over mm. and they're not trying to skip from thing to thing to thing to thing I don't know how many times I can't even count how many times my VAs have come back and said hey Scott this is how you taught us I did a little research we'd probably save about 15 minutes per project or 40 bucks a month on this service if we changed it to this is that okay uh yeah <laughs> like because we're just trying to hammer things out as business owners you know gym owners uh marketing owners like you guys like we're just trying to hammer things out we're trying to get stuff done we're trying to just be productive and sometimes we are killing our own productivity by doing it ourselves and we also are killing the the product level that we could actually be doing by doing it ourselves we just don't know it because you know i had to create this business by doing everything myself no doubt. I, when I first started hiring, I had to I had to figure out the hiring process. I had to fail. I had to repeat. And I'm still training my my staff on this. But um, they bring new things to me every week. Hey, we found out if we do if we do a TikTok, we can come bring in all these new recruits. I'm like, oh wow! Like I would have never thought of that. So your team can actually the right team with the right bandwidth, the right mindset, the right processes can actually bring much better processes or improve the process you already have in, in line. Huh. Yeah, I think uh, so we're just talking about this before we got on. But you know, and I'm, I'm honestly actually really curious about this. So what would, you know, say a gym owner, like they're crushing it on social, right? They're doing mm -hmm. great on on the basic stuff already. And I wouldn't call it basic. I mean, a lot, a lot of gyms still aren't posting daily and putting stories up and understanding social media. But, you know, especially when it comes to podcasting, since we're doing this podcast, what would, um, you know, say you're in a small market, big market, who should be doing a podcast? Is, is it just on like, because I when I honestly think of it, I think of, you know, the big names. Uh, I you know, won't go into like a lot of those names, but like the CrossFit Games athletes that now have an online platform, right? Like those guys, yeah. it would be good for them. But, you know, what you said is like, oh, it could be different. So elude us a little bit and give us some info on that because I'm, I'm generally honestly curious. 
That's an awesome question. And so we have to take a step back. Why should a, a business owner in a town or gym owner who is looking for another 10 members, right? It's not like they're reaching out to the world. This is a local business. Now, if it's, if it's uh, nationwide, it's obvious yeah. you're expanding your audience. But if you're local, I need you to think on a bigger level. And so think about the circle of influences in your town. So you take your ideal client. Who's my ideal client? Oh, it's Mary. She's amazing. She's a mom of three. She, her husband makes 250000 a year. He's an orthopod. Um, she's a stay-at-home mom but used to be a professional. Okay. And so you're like, okay, where does she hang out? What is she doing? Well, her husband's an orthopod. Hmm. Okay. What if I reached into his his and her circle? Would I get more of her? Heck yeah. You, not everybody's good at networking. You have a bunch of members in your gym who love you. They just don't have the skill to tell people about yeah. it or they don't do it yeah. right. And you're not tapping into their market. So let's say that Mary there. So you kind of think, okay, her husband. There's multiple ways that you can you can leverage her husband, especially in the social media world. And so number one, is you can bring him on and interview him about what he does. Now you've broken to his circle. Okay. You've broken to his circle because he's like, Hey, my wife loves them. You know, I've never been there, but they care about what I do. And someone, maybe someone's like in knee rehab and he's, he's, Oh, you should go to this gym because people are going to talk about exercising. Boom. You already are reaching into his world, his network. It's not your ideal client. Maybe, you know, it's a client of his, but you get him on the podcast one, you've, you've lifted him up. I, I appreciate you. I'm going to put you on as an expert. And he's talking. And so now he's, you're on top of mind for him. That's job number one. Awesome. Number two, create content around it. First, put him out on the podcast, give him the resources, help him share it so that he's <clears throat> sharing it. Now you're reaching out into his world. Mm. And then you put it on socials, you tag him. And now everybody who is connected to him on socials, you're reaching out into his network. Guess what now? You've not just reached one ortho doctor. You've reached all his ortho friends mm. who have the same wives as he does. And so now you're reaching, so you're you're tapping into someone's, um, into someone's circle. It goes say it's soccer moms. Okay. Get a soccer mom on there. Talk to her about the results, where she was, where she's at, where she's going, what she can do now, what you've done for her. Ask her these basic questions, have a very authentic conversation, just free flowing. She's going to be so pumped that she was on a podcast. She's going to share it with all her friends who are all like her. They probably have similar incomes to her and she pays every month. That's who you want. So understanding the ROI on a podcast like that is really hard to actually measure because you don't know. It's just like doing yeah. social media con consistently on your page. Facebook page, if you're not marketing, you guys know this. If you're not marketing, Facebook pages are almost useless. <laughs> it, uh, they're yeah. just, you. no one looks at them. What do they do if you, if you, first you should do marketing, but if you're doing marketing or you're not, if someone hears about your gym, they're gonna go look at the places where they know to look. Facebook, Instagram is one of them. Do they have a presence? Are you posting professional looking things? Well, talking to your clients about their wins, damn, that's pretty freaking professional. And if you, especially mm. if you're highlighting the painful moments and how you're solving those, you're making a connection with that audience and then you're putting it out on social media, you're tagging them, you're reaching into the circles. And this guys, this is just a scratching the surface of what podcasts can do for you. It's so, all about reaching into that client list that you really want. 
Sorry, Sherman. I want to ask this question because I was just thinking about this. Um, so I like follow this lady in my local area that like posts like stuff to do with kids every weekend, right? And like I like saw her at actually you're with me, Sherman. I pointed yeah. her out when we were at breakfast. Yep. Massive following, right? And she just created an apparel line. So I guess my question is, and you know, she found her niche of just like, hey, this is what to do every weekend. Would you now this is interesting, would you even make if you're a local gym owner would you even make it fitness based or would you be like keeping up in westfield right and then you just have people 100%. come in and then you're like this is the business owner and so all you're doing is talking about what's going on in your area that makes it relative to the area pulling in business owners people that are doing different things and then you plug your gym like oh by the way you know this is this keeping Holy. up westfield this is blake i own x right but today we have on so they know where you're coming from so it's nothing really about fitness as much it's more just connecting with people that's going to they're basically doing the advertising for you it's next level you, you just you just tapped into the next level of this because everybody wants to talk about their gym but who's going to yeah, go listen, gonna when listen. you're talking about listenership who's going to go listen to a gym podcast only your gym no. members <laughs> yeah or yeah. your guests right they're going to listen to themselves they're going to share it maybe someone will listen to it and hear it what you just tapped into is mega gold because if you're doing the businesses, you're you're interviewing local businesses. Well, now you're their hero. Yeah, they're pumped. You just put them up on a pedestal. When someone comes into their business or talking to them and saying, "Oh, I need to get in shape," oh, you should talk to Blake. Like, yeah, they're not going to think of anybody else. If you become a a subject area um, connector or an, a connector, a business connector in your community or a, or a resource connector in your community, you're you're leveling yourself up way beyond where most gym owners think of. They think of I'm the gym guy instead of be the resource guy. And like you said, you could say, hey, this podcast is, is um, you know, I'll go with my old gym. This podcast is. Uh, <clears throat> sponsored by fsc crossfit you know you're crossfit for the everyday person boom that's it that's all like that's yeah. all i'd have to say because like i said at the beginning sales is adding value to someone if i can add value to someone whether it's topic or non-topic they're going to think of me when they connect what i actually do and they're i'm going to be mm -hmm. top of mind and there's gonna be so i want to I want to summarize that a little bit because, I mean, I think we made that like very complex in our marketing minds, right? But like if you owned a gym and like you're like wanting to talk about fitness all the time, but really that's not going to get you anywhere because nobody's going to listen to it. But instead, if you make it about your community and what's going on in that like Carmel, Westfield, wherever I am, right? Like, you know, the, the lady I follow is like keeping up in Carmel. If you had keeping up in Westfield podcast and just pulled in like, hey, this is a great podcast to find local business owners if you like to shop small, but also give value at the same time. I mean, that's I mean, I don't know. I think that's absolutely huge. Like, I've never thought of it that way of like. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's I mean, that's a huge I mean, that's bigger than a golden nugget right there. Um, it is. And you can start doing partner referral partners within your community as well. But that takes trust. And how do you build trust as you talk to people? You give them a platform, you lift them up, you, you give them some value in their business because as business owners, you guys know a lot of things about customer service and retention that a lot of other businesses don't know. The truth is they know a lot of things about some things that you don't know that you could really implement as well. So not only are you reaching into their network and not only are you reaching into your community, you're actually giving value to other people and you're actually receiving value to other people. So your ROI on that podcast could actually just be the things you're learning from the local business owners that you wouldn't have talked about before. Yeah. Um, 
Okay, so first of all, I think that like I'm gonna make it official right now. This is part one. This is part one of Scott's. <laughs> so we gotta have you back. Like, I mean, we'll figure out your scheduling. I think it's gotta be a practical yeah. like setup. For yeah, that, like we're right? gonna send because that I think. If somebody did that, that would be massive. I mean, I don't know. I, you can correct me. I don't know anybody that's doing that. Yeah. I know some people that are doing it um, outside of the gym industry, and they're crushing it. They, hmm. So I know somebody that's doing it in um, a small town in Kansas, and she doesn't own a gym. She owns a coffee shop. She owns a coffee shop, but she's she's doing this, and she's she's now got all of these opportunities to coach. Because people are hearing how she talks about business because she's talking about business. And then they see her has this person. <laughs> Just recently, she's like, people are trying to get me to be mayor. Like, literally, that's, that's the influence that has it happened is. because she's just out there talking to people. And imagine that exposure, even if you don't want to be mayor or city council person. And people, but people are saying, this person needs to do this. All eyes on you. Yeah. Now you have, you, you have the attention. Uh, so. Hmm. No, this is crazy because um, you're going to help me do one for my town because I'm going to do it. But listen, here's the thing. This is, <laughs> this, is, this is part one. Scott, when we get off this, I'm going to send you the link. You got to book again whenever you have availability. Because I, I feel like, this is, I love doing like this. this is just too much. Like This is too good for people not to get the next piece of it. And for you, all of our listeners. Hey, well, nobody's ever talked about it before. Well, nobody's ever said yeah, anything like this before. For our listeners, you guys have to make sure you tune in to Scott's next episode. You know, um, because I think that another thing that we're going to tap into the next time you come on is what we were sort of touching on earlier is sort of that whole Kobe thing. We're talking about Brian Alexander. But I think that that, you know, hiring the right people, placing the right people, it, it saved you financially a lot. But also the headache piece of managing people, because everyone's not made to manage people. I don't believe I think there are great no. business owners that should be. Like they can own the business, but they shouldn't be operating the business. And I think a lot of people don't understand that, hey, just because you started something and own it doesn't mean you have to necessarily operate it in the way that you think of operations because you're a horrible operator. You're not wired to operate. Oh, dude, I have so much to talk about about this, as you can imagine. Yeah. And also the, the fact that we change over time. I used to be, I used to value myself as the guy who did everything yeah. himself. And I've changed my own vision of who I am and what I actually bring to the table. It's not actually being the, the guy that gets it all done. It's actually the guy who uh, knows how to leverage other people to get things done. And I've found uh, like new purpose, new, new ways to grow even bigger. So that'll be really exciting to talk. Good. About. So guys, we're going to get out of here. We're not going to keep you any longer, but remember, tell a friend to tell a friend to tune in and Scott again, man, Thank you. Thank you. Seriously, we're going to have you on sooner than later. You're going to be our first repeat guest because I think people really need to hear this. <laughs> I would love All it. All right. Great. I'd love it. And hey, everybody, by the way, before we end up, subscribe and give them a rating. It is so huge. Subscribe and give these guys a rating. They're doing an amazing job. And that's what I would ask. About Look at that. Scott's looking out. For, Thanks Scott's looking out for us. He's teaching us. We're, we're podcast rookie. He's looking out for us. Um, but I know how to do this, Scott. What if someone wants to get in contact with you because they need some help with all of this? How do they get in contact with you? Yeah, that, I'm, a, I'm a social media yeah. dork. So, you know, we, we always message through Facebook yeah. Messenger. I'm on Facebook, like, all the time. So Scott Ramage, R-A-M-M-A-G-E. Also Scott at MediaMachine.info. If you think of that, we built a machine, does media stuff. So Scott at MediaMachine.info. But... 
Man, just hit me up on Facebook. All right, perfect. All right, then, Scott. Thanks, bro. We appreciate it, man. Everyone, thanks for tuning in, and we will see you guys next week. Yeah. Thank you for listening to the Gym Marketing Made Simple Podcast with Blake Ruff and Sherman Merricks. We hope you enjoy. We believe marketing should increase revenue and not waste money. So book your free call today. Head on over to lassoframework.com. That's L-A-S-S-O-F-R-A-M-E-W-O-R-K.com and find the right words, get more customers, and increase your revenue. We'll see you here next time.